This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Tell you what, you know it's going to be a massive video when Edric Lee is your headliner. We've got here our buy, hold, and sell for the week. We're going to start off with Edric Lee. I've had a lot of questions about him. 257K, is he someone you can cash down to? Is he going to be a cash cow? All the questions. He's sitting there with a fairly low break even, obviously after a, a nice 32 on the weekend. If you look solely at his scores over the, you know, the previous sort of 8, 10 games that he's played, you can see the lowest score there is a 25 in, in that last section there which is great. He has had a lot of tries, right? Which is cool. Yeah, if you look back at, at previous scores in 2019, he's had some decent games and stuff like that. Yeah, some decent run meters, bits and pieces like that. He's going to be someone that you could take a punt on. If he scores a bunch of tries, and that, that would be great. He's going to do all right for you. The issue here is he has Parramatta and Melbourne over the next two games. So he could quickly become someone that's very irrelevant, right? Dom Young is going to be back in sometime in the next four to five weeks. So you have a little bit of a runway, but if he doesn't score very well over the next two, if he has a five, if he has a 10, if he has a 15 or 20, he's not going to make you much cash and could be a little bit annoying just to hold in your team. And just be aware of that with all the cheap guys this week that you're looking at picking up, whether it's the young fellow from the Raiders, whether it's you know, Hayes Pernum, whether it's um, whether it's Edric, whether it's Jason, Char- Jason Saab, God forbid, David Wiley, if you're going for Kula, for example, any of them could be out of their teams really quickly. They could not make you money. There could be a lot that happens here. There's none of them real clear-cut options, so just be aware of that. If you're picking one of these guys, you're taking a punt. Yes, if you're going down to get Cleary, that helps a lot, getting Cleary in, but you're still taking a punt to, to bring this guy in. Let's just have a look at his stats from the weekend, right? So he got 32. He had eight tackle breaks and two offloads, right? Crazy stats. Yeah, that's 16, what, 24, uh, just from those points alone. He had 143 meters gained. He had four errors, and he had you know a missed tackle there as well. So with Edric, this is pretty normal for him. He has a, a fair a fair few games with two you know two plus errors. 
So very much can happen this week coming up. Came up against the Dragons and had a game where you look like he was in everything, right? Look like he was, yeah, the, the tackle breaks, the offloads, it was all happening. And he still only got 32. So is he going to be able to do that against Power and Melbourne? Probably not. Yes, he has a couple of decent games after that with Cowboys, Canterbury, uh, the Broncos, and the Warriors, for example. But he has to get through these next two weeks, and there's every chance he picks up a three uh, against the, the Melbourne Storm. So just be aware of that with Edric if you're looking to pick him up. All right, Hazy. So Hazy Perham has a higher break even just for the fact that he's played the one game this week with uh, six fantasy points. So he's someone that you could hold off on, I think, for, for the week if you if you wanted to. Just remember Sean Russell's coming back as well, so he could take um, Hayes' spot. So I don't want to spend too much time on him. He's never really been you know, fantasy relevant. He's played some games in the centers with a couple of mid-30s and 28, a 10 on the wing, a 14 in center, a 20 in 67 minutes of fullback, for example. So never really been someone who's come in and dominated. He's only had one try and one try assist. So obviously not a lot of attacking stats, but he's someone that you don't even get at the wing fullback position as well, which we're a bit light on. So someone I personally would be trying to avoid. Blake Taft, so 355k at the half and wing fullback position has a lower break even after a couple of decent scores now. 28 and 36, and he's looking, you know, he's looking strong. He's looking like someone that's improving you know, week to week. Uh, obviously, since he's come back, but you saw what he was like at the um, in the in the playoffs last year in the in the final series. He actually you know, played really good footy. He's not someone that makes you know a huge amount of you know meters like we've spoken about the ninety two and the hundred in the last two weeks. So okay, without being spectacular, last week he had a try saver and a try assist in uh, in that with six goals to get his thirty six. So that's a you know a pretty simple normal game for him obviously if he can score the odd try if he can get the odd tackle break or offload which he didn't get at all last week then he'd be able to score somewhere around that 35 fairly regularly and if he can do that then he's going to make about 100k i suppose the thing you know with him there is you're buying him for an extra 130 from a basement price guy uh, but he definitely has a little bit of an opportunity to make money and if you can use him you know, if you can trade someone in that you know mid-tier that 500 somewhere in that mark you can drop down to taff for that extra 150 200k and then upgrade elsewhere, whether you want to go to a gun mid, whether you want to go to Cleary or something like that. He could definitely be someone that you could use to, to get to that point. You know, coming up against the, the Tigers, the Seagulls, the Broncos, and the, the Warriors in Canberra over the next bunch of, of weeks. And you're going to get him over the origin period as well. Definitely someone that you could um, plug in for this next sort of couple of months and, and him do okay for you. And then cash him out for that 500k or so that he might get to over you know, that section of play. So up to you guys whether you want to go with him. Uh, CC Vitalikai, 559k now, so getting expensive, he's, he's priced just over that 40 mark now, and and for someone that has the dual position, edge in the center now, so all the dual position guys have um, have been updated, which is great, you know, with, with CO, with CSC, are you going to get him, is he going to get up into that 600s mark, is he, you know, I think that's where he's definitely going to end up personally in terms of his price. He's probably done enough to keep his spot in the centers, is he going to continue to score this well? You've got a 37, a 75, a 45, and then a 68. Is he going to continue to do that well? You know, he was able to do it, against the, do it against the Storm. So in terms of who he comes up against, it probably doesn't matter too much. I think he can average somewhere in the mid-40s. So you've probably got an extra 50-odd to add with him. If you're sitting with like Burton, Aiken, and these type of guys in the centers, you're not going to need him as a keeper in the centers. If you're going to use him in the edge, I don't think he's going to be a keeper in the edge position, there's just too many guys that play big minutes in you know on, on an edge rather than in centers, for example. So I think he's going to do okay. He'll make you some money. I don't think you're going to make this trade and feel badly about it. He's owned by, what, 8% of the top 5,000 now, only two in the top 100. So 
if you don't own him, it's not going to absolutely kill you. But if you do and he, and he absolutely kills it and averages 50 over the next like you know six to eight weeks, then you'll probably benefit largely as well. So it's a little bit of a risk, but I think you could pay off for sure if you want to go down the Talakai route. All right, so Ponga, 567 in terms of his price now. He's only lost about 30K, which is not too bad. Has a 44.5 average, obviously with the... Uh, the, the lowest scores there. So he had a 50 in the first round, which was solid. A 6, a 23, and then 102. So if you can get somewhere near that 50 average, you're obviously going to make some cash on him, and you know, about 100K or so, and you get an underpriced keeper. With him, he's going to be playing up against the, the, the Eels and then the Storm the next couple of weeks, so you doubt that he would get the 100 scores or even close to that. He played a lot better, but there's just so much more space in the middle, and he was getting a lot of tackle breaks and, and easy offloads that he you know on the weekend against the Dragons, which I don't think he's going to get going forward. He should be playing Origin. He should get that number one position. So I'm going to lose him over that time as well. This will probably be a prospect over the next you know, four to seven weeks uh, and then potentially moving him on from there. So if you like Ponga, he's obviously done it in the past. He's, he's been really, really good. 2021, his scores in 2020 were spectacular. That was his best sort of year there. If he can get back to that and have you know the odd 100 in there in amongst some 30s and 50s and stuff like that, then he's going to be good. But I think you can... you know. Take the plunge if you need a wing fullback, but you can also hold off if, you, if you'd like to. Someone who's a little bit interesting now is Josh Jackson. So he's gone down a fair bit in price, down to 634, has the mid and edge duel. And if you're looking at his minutes, they've grown over the last couple of weeks. So do we think that he's going to be able to keep that in that, in that lock position, the 73 minutes and the 80? When he does that, he makes big tackles. You know, the, the missed tackles are actually pretty high compared to what they were, they were last year. He averaged two to three, you know, even a bunch of games at zero and one across the season last year and finished really, really well there. So if he can get back to that, then he's obviously going to be someone that you can get uh, a little bit of a cheaper price point when he can at least average 50. You know, you see those two scores just pretty comfortably last week, you know, having 52 points. He had 54 tackles with six misses, right? A couple offloads in there, which was nice um, and hasn't run the ball too much. So we'd like that run meters to get up, you know, around the... Yeah, the, around the 100-ish mark would be nice. He had games last year at the back end when he was you know, averaging really, really high of 150-plus. So if you can get any of that, um, you, know, you can get back to any of those scores. He's not going to play Origin. You get him for that first buy. There's a, a bunch of good things to think about with Jackson. You don't have to jump on him now, but he's someone just to keep in your radar. He's not even owned by anyone in the top 5,000. So that's that with Josh, but um, a dual-positioned, underpriced uh, keeper from what we saw last year for sure if he can keep those big minutes. All right, Katoni Stag. So he's come back with a bang after having a really, really slow start. The meters gains increased dramatically. Tackle breaks um, and offloads and attacking stats have, have increased dramatically there uh, as well. So he's someone that at that price, you're getting him over 40 as well, pretty much at his average right now. And you know, he's going to obviously stop losing money and he's going to start you know, making some if he can get average, you know, average somewhere between the 45 and 50. And he definitely has uh, every chance of doing that over the next couple of weeks, he's got the dogs, obviously, but the sharks and the bunnies are going to be tough ones. But you know, if you're looking at what he did last week against the Panthers and what he did the week before against the Roosters, two really strong sides, and he came out and dominated. So it really doesn't matter who's who he's up against; he can uh, he can do his thing and, and do really well. So Stag's definitely an option if you're looking for a center around that price point. But I know a lot of people are looking up to uh, in the midsection or the edge, for example, and you know, trying to get Cleary uh, and these types of players in. But Stag's definitely a good option if you want him in your side now that he's come out and, and done some some really good work and started dominating again. If you like these video, videos, guys, please subscribe if you're new. I appreciate that. Tamalolo, so 657. So he's priced a little bit under 50 at the moment. You know, he's fairly close to what his average is now after a couple of nice scores. So 
after having a really, really slow start, lesser minutes around that 51, 53, he's starting to build, uh, you know, build up some steam and, and really improve his output as well. So meters gained the last two weeks have been really high at 199 and 255. So obviously the more minutes, the more meters gained as well, which is pretty natural. Tackle busts have increased and offloads are still there, which is good. Tackles have been around that 30 mark the last two weeks, which is pretty solid as well. But with with Jason, you're looking to score around 55 with him. That would be the goal. Can he do that on a regular basis? He has a 61 to 62, pretty much with base. You know, he has no tries, no try assists in those last three weeks, and a 51 in those 63 minutes. So if he can get somewhere around the 60 to 65 uh, and then the odd 70-minute game, I definitely think he can average somewhere between that 50 to 55 and has probably 50 to 100K in value. As an underpriced keeper, who is someone that doesn't play Origin, you can see he's owned by you know 5.6% of teams now. So he's definitely someone that I think could do well for your side if you're looking to add someone at a slightly discounted price in the mid position that won't play Origin. So Tamalolo, definitely an interesting one for your side. All right, Malatalo. I think he's in a very similar mold to Talakai here. I'd probably go for CC far over Ronaldo. Unless you need a wing fullback. If you need a wing fullback, then he's definitely a solid option at 48.8. His average, if he continues that, right now he's got a really low break even. Same as um, same as Talakai there. He could you know get up to around a 650, 700k mark. But if you look to him last year, for example, in 2021, he spent a lot of time around the 400k to 500k mark. So he's definitely improved upon you know those games last year. You know, that whole season last year, he had a few injuries here and there as well. He missed some time from round five, from round six to round 11. He missed last year um, and then played the rest of the year. But you can see he, even in games with tries, sometimes his tackle breaks uh, were down, for example, and had 29 or 39 with those you know, try-scoring games. And he had stretches last year, like this, six, this uh, round 12, 14, and 15. He had a 68, a 59, and a 51. So that's really what you've seen now with high tackle breaks these last three weeks, 65, 55, and 69, you know, is that something that's going to happen more regularly or is that something that is just a, a three-game stretch and then he'll go back to sort of normalcy and have some of these low games with, you know, no tries and nothing much happening there on that left edge? I'm not exactly sure. He's definitely improved as a player, but just be aware that wingers can be really inconsistent. We saw what happened with, uh, you know, Tommy Trebojevic, even at, at fullback position. We've seen it with Tedesco that they can have good games and then they can have you know, a quiet stretch as well. And that's what you know Teddy's in right now. That's what Tommy Chaboyevich was in as well. So Ronaldo could have that stretch as well. So if you, if you think that he can do great and you want him in your side, go for it. Just be aware that he could have a few games where he goes down. He could have a few games where he averages 60. Um, and, and you do really well in that period. But then what happens when he's, uh, he's having a low stretch and, he, and he's really losing cash quickly over a couple of weeks? Do you panic trade him? That's the, that's the question there. All right, Cam McInnes. So we get him at around a 50 break even now, 593K. So price in that, in that mid-40s there. And he gets the, you know, the 13 role this week. For me with him, I definitely think he's slowly going to move into that middle role there. On the weekend, he got 39 points in the, in the second row for 80 minutes. So it's good to see him playing big minutes, you know, making 41 tackles, missing one and having an air swing on another. Uh, but the meters game was pretty low. We want him over 100 meters and over 35 to 40 tackles. If we can get that on a regular basis, he's going to be a great option for anyone's side because we've seen what he's done in hooker and the lock position you know, in previous years in big minutes. So we want it, We kind of want to see big minutes this week. You can take the punt on him if you like. I also think you can wait a week. He's not going to you know, make too much money. Even if he scores a 55-60, he'll only make a little bit of cash. If he goes under that, 
you know, if he gets a 45, you're probably like, Phew, I didn't pick him up. Yeah, no harm, no foul on uh, the Cam McInnes one. If we see, you know, with Hammond and Newelli being out, if we see Finucane going to the middle, you know, in terms of the, the front row, then and McInnes at 13, I think he'll be a buy then. So up to you what you want to do with him. I think you can um, hold off on him or you can trade him in if you like. There's obviously a bunch of options in that midsection as well. Kurt Mann, someone I think that's definitely could be a hold this week. If you want to use him to go up to Cleary, you know, him up and someone else down, then that's completely okay as well. He's owned by a big, you know, big chunk of people. So if you think he's done, then you know, awesome. If you don't think he's done, even better as well. You know, he could come out and get a 65 this week and you know, majority of people own him and then you are hating it because uh, you've traded him out unless he, you know, brought in Cleary and he gets 100, for example. But you know, the break-even is nothing crazy. He's obviously coming off two weird games. The 80 minutes in the game before was when he you know, played in four different positions. The one last week, he only got 56 minutes and was doing really well. He was 21 minutes in about, uh, sorry, 21 points in about 26 minutes early on. Not as good in his second stint, but you know had a few a, a few different bits and pieces going on. Had the cheeky line break, tackles weren't as high, um, but a couple of errors in there to go along with it, and not really many run meters. So that could uh, improve this week if he gets that sixty minutes again. I think he can uh, he can score in the mid forties and be fine. Yeah, he's not, you're not going to lose any cash on him. It's completely up to you what you want to do with Curdy. All right, we got three to go. So Jeremiah Nanai. I think it's another potential hold for you this week. He doesn't have a super high break even. He's not priced super high either. So he's definitely got a little bit of cash to make, potentially. Owned by 49 of the top 100, 63% of the top 5,000. So again, highly owned and, and not a big issue. If you're looking at his scores too, like he, he's inconsistent without being too crazy. Like he's got a 17, which was just a freak game with 10 missed tackles and three errors and a penalty. But since then, like, you know, 57 in the first game, 62, a 42, a 27, a 37. Like, that last three-game average isn't anything, you know, crazy. It's still in the 30s, and, and his break-even is, is around that point. So he's someone you can definitely hold. You can look to move on if you please. But, you know, you could come out and get a 50 or 60 and get a couple uh, more price rises out of him. You know, if he comes out to get a 15 this week, then you're like, okay, well, maybe he's a trade-out. So either way, you could hold or trade up to you this week with Jeremiah. Matty Burton as well. Still got his uh, Panthers photo up here, but 587k. He's only lost 6k overall, so you know a, a higher break even this week just because he had a, a low score uh, and, and that 62 is pretty much out of his rolling average now. He just needs to, to have a couple of nicer games. Like he's got Broncos this week, which I think he can score pretty solidly against. Rooster's going to be a harder game, and then you've got Canberra, Newcastle, Tigers, Dragons, and then Penrith um, and Para over the Origin period. So. I think a lot of people are going to be looking to target him over the next few weeks, potentially you know, that Canberra game in round nine. But this Broncos game, he should go pretty solidly against as well. I think I'm expecting it to be a fairly close game and Burton to score all right. So, you know, he's doing fine. That 23 was a bit of an, an anomaly. It was a weird game for him. He got moved to the centers for a little bit at some point. You know, tackles have been were low last week with nine and, and he had three missed tackles out of that. Kick meters were down a bit, run meters were down, no attacking stats. The goals, losing that's a little bit annoying. Obviously, he had that, but he only you know kicked uh, two in the first uh, six games anyway. A few things going on with him, but I think that he uh, is a little bit out of touch for sure. A little bit out of form when he's playing in a team in the dogs that aren't as great as they were, um, you know, obviously for the Panthers. But he, uh, he potentially becomes an option for a bunch of people over the next few weeks, and, and he could be someone that you look to target. So trading him out now seems a bit odd when he plays in round 13 as well. I think it's just um, yeah, to hold my head team. I have him, and I think I'm just going to hold steady with him. Yeah, if he was losing a fair bit of cash, then fair enough. But other than that, I think he's okay. 
Billy Walters, he gets a higher break even this week. Still owned by a decent chunk of people. Was six last week in 80 minutes. He moves to the bench. I think he's definitely a trade out. If you don't, like, I just personally wouldn't trade him out for the sake of it. If you've got a bit of extra cash in the bank, then going him to Taft could be a decent option. But it's a weird one going him to a 220k player who probably won't make you money anyway. So it's like a trade, making a trade to, to bank at like 100k or 80k or whatever you want to do, which will help for a little bit with, you know, maybe upgrading elsewhere, for example. But it's a trade to save that 80K or 100K. Like, Billy's probably going to go down a fair bit. He might end up at, like, a 260, 270, um, unless he gets a couple of games of 20, 25 off the bench through the middle when he's covering for Pakes. But, yeah, is it worth making that trade? With with trades being so valuable, is it worth just doing that for the sake of it? Like, if you're doing that, I think you need a clear upgrade option elsewhere. You know, if you have enough money to be able to get up, you know, him down to someone and get up to Cleary or get up to Papali'i or those types of players, then it's probably a decent idea. But other than that, he's almost one you can just... It's probably just worth sitting and holding on him. If there's an injury somewhere, he could get that six roll back. If there's an injury to Pakes now, then he could get a big minute roll in the nine. So there's a few things that could work out in your favor if you hold on to him. But if you trade him out, I completely understand. I definitely think he's on the sell list. But what you do with him exactly... It's completely up to you. But that's the buy, hold, sell video, guys. I hope you got a lot out of that. Please hit like, subscribe, all the good things, uh, and we'll catch you in the next couple of videos. Got the analyzing teams and a few others after that. So good luck, guys. We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.